Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle, a student-run, student-scripted, and student-produced news show on 88.1 WKNC HD1 Raleigh. I'm Nick Weaver. And I'm Marissa Jordan. Happy Diversity Education Week at NC State. To celebrate, we have a special interview with Keila Davis, Editor-in-Chief at Nubian Message here at NC State. She will be joined by staff writer Sean Fredericks. But before that, we have a quick recap of the post-secrets event by our contributor, Dinah Ingle. That's coming up right now, so stay tuned. secrets, but we rarely ever confess them even to our closest of friends. Frank Warren wondered about these unsaid secrets and thought up the idea to put 3,000 blank postcards around in public areas, with simple instructions to write down a secret they had never told anyone and to mail it back. That one moment in 2015 started the ongoing collaborative art project, Post Secrets. Warren took these anonymous secrets and compiled them into a web blog, postsecret.com, that now has a rising count of over 800 million views. Warren posts secrets every Sunday. Secrets about political views coming out or mental health problems or depression. Similarly, at NC State, creating a post-secret event started small, but it turned into the massive art exhibition and live event that hoped to inspire conversations in the Wolfpack family. The Pack Secrets event at NC State was a collaboration between various organizations on campus. Codwell Fellows students painted the purple and green mailboxes that were made by the Craft Center so that people could submit their own secrets all around campus. Each card had numbers of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and the NC State Counseling Center on the back. The Women's Center, the GLBT Center, Arts Village, NC State Live, Greek Life, and NCSU Libraries also helped give opportunities to make postcards as well as engage in a discussion about these secrets throughout the year. NC State Live arranged to host Frank Warren to talk to students about his post-secrets project. Students of all ages and majors in line to enter had a lot to say about post-secrets. Some were intrigued by the idea that Warren would reveal secrets he can't publish in his books. Others explained how it was great that people could get secrets off their chest and that they felt safe writing on a postcard because there was no way for it to be tracked or revealed to people they didn't want to know. After the live event, even more postcards were collected and made their way to the Craft Center. I had the chance to talk to Katie Wales, the head of this post-secret project in the Craft Center. When I walked in, I was in awe of the wall of secrets. The spotlight shined on the colorful words on the cards. Some cards had funny secrets, others had dark and painful ones. Katie pointed at one that read, I'm a survivor of suicidal depression. Then she pointed at the eight post-it notes beneath it that read, Me Too. My breath kind of flew away. The more I looked at the wall, the more struggle I saw there. Katie spoke walking along the wall. Hope is a renewable resource, and that this wall shows that if you're going through hell, keep going. I felt better knowing that other people could see these struggles and maybe feel more open to talk about their secrets to trusted loved ones. Before I left, Katie shared a poem she had wrote. Be annoyed if I keep quiet. I should have the confidence and hope with disaster. Find fault even with angels. May you grow among the thorns as you oppress the silence. Even though the main pack secret event has already passed, you can still submit your secrets. Currently, the Craft Center is displaying the postcards until the end of October. 
And you can submit a postcard in the craft center as well as next to the Freedom Expression Tunnel. There will also be a mental health section in the Agrimec yearbook. This has been Dinah reporting for Eye on the Triangle. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we are joined in the studio with Keely Davis and Sean Fredericks of Nubian Message. I'd like you guys uh, to go ahead and introduce yourselves if you don't mind. All right. Hello. I am Keely Davis. As Nick said, I'm the editor-in-chief of Nubian Message. Um, I'm a fourth-year student here at NC State studying physics. Um, yeah, I'll hand it over to Sean. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? I am Sean Fredericks. I am a staff writer for Nubian Message, and I am majoring in international studies and here to talk about Diversity Education Week. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, first up, uh, could you refresh us on the history of Nubian Message as a publication? Obviously, it has a, a very interesting um, uh, foundation point, uh, the story behind why it was uh, created. Uh, if you guys want to touch on that just a little bit, and kind of what's the uphill battle been like to get to the point where the publication is at today? Yeah, so we were founded in 1992, by our very first editor-in-chief, Tony Williamson. Um, And around that time, the early 90s, so 91 and 92, there's a lot of student activism happening happening here at NC State, but also at UNC Chapel Hill, as well as just very tense national conversations about issues of diversity and affirmative action and all of those wonderful things. Um, Terms like reverse racism were also kind of buzzwords of the day. so all that conversation led to a number of opinion articles and news articles that were published in um, The Technician, which is NC State's main campus-wide newspaper. Um, and in 92, um, a few of those opinion articles used quite inflammatory language to describe um, black students and their activism, um, calling black students terrorists or um, referring to them as the Ku Klux Blacks. And so black students were rightfully very angry because of that. Um, and out of all of that anger and all of that um, reaction came Nubian Message. And so we've been going pretty strong ever since then. Um, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary a year ago today. Which we won an award for, Radio Award winning Nubian Message. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. <laughs> we did win an award um, for that um, commemorative issue. Um, but yeah, I guess for the last 25 years, we've been uphill downhill our paper has ranged from uh publishing like weekly to sporadically to not existing for a semester to now we're publishing um every other thursday in print um and a bit more frequently than that online um but yeah we've had an interesting history i think part of the reason that we're still around today is because we've had great support from the African-American Cultural Center, but also from NC State Student Media. And our advisors are very much um, committed to our mission of being um, sort of like a platform for black students specifically, but really any student or any student group that feels that is not being accurately represented or accurately um, uplifted in other student media outlets. Mm-hmm. And this mission, I, I'd like, uh, if you could, to expand on that just a little bit. Uh, what, in your own words, is the role of Nubian Message in promoting diversity and giving a voice to typically underrepresented groups of people? How has the publication historically been helpful in, like, what major um, ways, you know, major incidents, uh, instances? 
You got a shot. Uh, I'll go to like a recent thing that uh, was a huge thing on campus was the group meet incident. Uh, the we Sullivan were, Squad. Yes. Uh, the Nubian was instrumental in like covering that and making sure that the voices of students were heard on that on that incident, how they fell, how it impacted them. And I think it was very, we did it very well. I mean, I wasn't part of staff, but I still say we, <laughs> we did it well. And that was needed because unfortunately, it's just honestly, technician didn't really, in my personal view, do enough to actually fully evaluate the impact of such an incident for like a certain, certain student populations. So I feel like Nubian message, we kind of picked up the slack on that one. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's a good recent example. Um, I think even in um, looking further back in our history, there've been various student protests regarding issues within um, how uh, the African-American cultural center is run issues with um, restructuring and the transition from African-American student affairs to multicultural student affairs, which still exists today. Um, each of these key transitions was met with various student reactions. And so our paper was definitely instrumental again in covering, um, I guess, the full spectrum of student reactions and also getting key um, university leaders to comment and just making more um, information, I guess, accessible to the average student who doesn't just get to say, hi, Chancellor Woodson, what are your thoughts on X, Y, and Z? And we get to do that. And um, so we've tried to do that consistently throughout our paper's history, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And that kind of answers the question I was about to ask, which is, of course, you guys get this question all the time. You know, anyone that works at Nubian has probably heard, you know, why is there a separate newspaper for people of color and minority voices? And I'm sure you're all sick of answering it, but in plain as day words, if you want, just spell it out for the people at home that might be questioning it still. What, why does Nubian exist to you? No, it's funny you mentioned that because we answered that question in the 25th issue. Mm -hmm. Specifically. I did see that FAQ. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. I love the, uh, the tongue-in-cheek answers a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, I would say, in just in plain language, we're here to be a voice for all students, and we're trying to make sure that diversity is not just a facet of NC State culture, but it's very much in the blood of NC State culture. Uh, it, it's kind of abstract to saying that, but just kind of like we're just here to make sure that all voices are heard. Awesome. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, what significant contributions do you think Nubian Message has made to student life and improving the experiences of African-American students and people of color on campus, uh, just in general, I think? where, where uh, What improvements do you think have been made in that, that regard from the existence of Nubian Message? I know that's kind of a hard question. Well, from a personal standpoint, Nubian has provided me community. I didn't know where my place was on campus. Nobody knew who I was when I first got on campus. And I remember I got connected with Nubian Message. And ever since then, my student life is from just personal to like academics to whatever. It's just improved just by being having that community, having like knowing I have a great editor-in-chief, knowing that I have a great managing editor to like talk to when it comes to like I, not just ideas or when, when it comes to news, but also ideas like, I mean, we talk about all types of stuff in the office and stuff. So just having that great having that great community relationship is what Nubian provided me. And I feel like we do that in the paper as well. We provide community, which is different from like 
technician. Yeah, and to add on to that, I think even students who aren't part of our staff in any way, they still are impacted by the work that we do. Um, and I think that's primarily through just the information that we have access to. Like I was saying earlier, um, we sort of have, I guess, a seat at the table, you could say, at meetings. And um, we have um, access to a lot of university leaders that the average student really just doesn't have. And so when um, things pop off on campus or if a decision is made that students are very confused about, um, we can sort of be um, the voice in um, like for them and asking questions that they have of um, people in power um, and investigating issues that they care about and making this information accessible to them. Um, sometimes the things that we report on are on the internet and anyone could Google it if they need the right keywords, but I guess putting it in plain language for our readers uh, in this format helps make it even more accessible for them. So I think um, part of the power of Nubian Message is um, the access that we have and the kinds of questions that we get to ask um, that many students may be thinking but never may get to ask the people that they want um, answers from. Mm, that's uh, that's very interesting. I uh, have not heard that answer so plain before, so like specifically worded. I like that. Um, Sean, touching on what you said a minute ago about uh, community, that sense of community that you got from working at Nubian, uh, is that what specifically drew you to work at the publication in general? And this kind of goes for you to, as, as well, Keela. Uh, what, what got you guys both started with Nubian? It was definitely the community aspect of it. The I also wanted to get my writing together. I was I wanted to be like a writer and I never really had the opportunity to like, you know, kind of try it out. So it was kind of like things just kind of aligned where I was looking for a place of community or where I belonged on campus and I was looking to apply some skill, my skills in writing. And so it just kind of aligned to like these per per perfect mash, mash together of like worlds where the writing came together with the community and like I could, bounce ideas off, off of other smart people and we could talk and like it was just amazing so like that was what drew me to Nubian was definitely just like alignment I feel like yeah I joined Nubian message because I found an interest meeting flyer on the ground um and so that was pure chance I wasn't seeking out this opportunity but after finding that flyer I said to myself you know what I have time to join something new. Like, let me just check it out. I don't have to commit yet. I'll just I'll just go to the entrance meeting. Um, but definitely from that very first meeting, I felt like everyone in that room was so awesome as a person um, and was so, it was just fun. Like, no one was being, like, pretentious or anything. It was just about um, just, like, laughing and talking about what funny things were happening on campus that week. And after getting all of that, I guess, out of our system, then talking about, okay, how can we report on these issues um, and I think that's awesome that we have that dynamic because it's not that we report on things that we don't feel strongly about. We do, but we sort of get to decompress all those feelings together first and then go out and be these objective reporters or be these very opinionated opinion writers like Sean is here. <laughs> it's funny that you should mention that about the flyer. I joined WKNC in much the same fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Within the first week of attending state, I stumbled onto a concert on the lawn and mm -hmm. I've been here ever since. So. Uh, <laughs> three years of my life <laughs> due to one random happenstance. But yeah. Um, what specifically drove you to want to become editor in chief of Nubian message? Mm. I know you were managing editor last year. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That is correct. So I joined uh, about halfway through my freshman year. I'm a senior now. Um, and then I was a staff writer for about a year and a half. 
managing editor during my junior year and now during my senior year, editor in chief. Um, part of what drew me to this role um, was my love for the publication and its mission, and also just the community here at NC State that we serve, or the various communities that we serve here. Um, I just felt so strongly that what we do is necessary and that we need to always have great leaders who are there to continue our mission and even expand it, you know, in this new digital age where people are getting their news and entertainment from sources that are not just print old newspapers, but digital uh, mediums as well. Um, But I guess sort of like my commitment to the paper's mission, but also my personal belief that I had some good ideas and if, I was selected, then I guess I would do a good job. And so um, that definitely drew me to this position. But also, um, I greatly, greatly, greatly admired all of the editor-in-chiefs that I worked under um, and seeing their leadership and seeing um, how they, each of them, ushered Nubian Message into a very new era and a very um, new place, a much stronger place than it had been in the past few years. That was very inspiring. And so... Um, I thought it would be like such a great honor to be able to follow in their footsteps, let alone the footsteps of the 25 years worth of people who have kept Nubian Message going. And have there been uh, unexpected challenges to that so far? How's the experience been uh, just in the first semester here? Oh, yeah, there's always challenges. <laughs> there's always challenges. Um, I think our biggest consistent challenge is definitely just having a small staff. Um, when you have a lot of big things that everyone wants to do, and then you look around and you realize wait, we need a lot more people to fully accomplish that. Um, it sort of forces you to get creative and figure out how can we best use our resources to do what we do well and also expand what we're doing well. Um, and that just forces you to be creative. It forces you to know what your strengths are. It forces you to do a few more things that are outside of your technical job description. Um, but that's okay because we do it for the better of... Um, the campus community, we do it because we all love to be message so much and we want to keep going and we want to be able to look back 25 years from now and see the 50th anniversary and be able to see how we were part of that puzzle. Um, but yeah, the biggest challenge this year has 100% been um, a numbers game. Um, but I think we've managed that pretty well. And I guess in spite of that, we're still off to a pretty great start for this year, I'd say. Yeah, working for Nubian Message is definitely a labor of love. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as a uh, subsection of student media, we also know the struggle of having a small staff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, just in general, what topics have you been working to address so far this year, and what issues do you see becoming more prevalent in the near future? Do you have a list of uh, uh, of things that you really want to address upcoming? Ha, yeah. So we just had a staff meeting yesterday where we just had this discussion, so this question is very timely. Um, I guess throughout um, the year so far, most of our coverage has been um, focused on big signature campus events um, or um, sort of connecting big events out in the real world to the impact they have on the average NC State student. Um, but I guess moving forward, I sort of want to be a bit more intentional about making sure we're covering issues that are our top priority issues to cover for this academic year. So I posed that question to our staff yesterday. Um, and we came up with um, a list that has not been, I guess, perhaps reasonably narrowed down. But on that list definitely includes things like um, accessibility on campus, um, disabilities that are visible and invisible, and 
what is it like to be a student going through the process to register with our disability resource office um, and how does that affect um, your learning experience and your interactions with peers or with your teachers and that's something you want to investigate a lot further. Um, also sort of looking more at um, how various intersections of identity affect um, your student experience here. So not just um, being so a student who is also disabled, but being a student who is um, black or a student of color and also queer or LGBTQ+. Um, and how does that affect um, every part of your life here as a student at NC State's campus um, and looking more into looking beyond perhaps just this general student of color experience, looking more specifically um, at these um, smaller things that maybe people aren't always talking about. Um, another thing, I guess, is also being a student of color um, and immigration status, whether that's your own immigration status or um, uh, the immigration status of, like, your family, for, for example. Okay, and with that in mind, uh, what topics or areas of interest do you think Nubian Message might have failed to adequately address in the past, and what are you trying to improve? I think this is something that Sean wrote an opinion about um, not too long ago, um, talking about um, diversity not just being something that white people should care about, but diversity being something that everyone should care about, and maybe your exact language is black people should care about diversity too. Um, and it was sort of, um, I guess, a critique of how even within subcommunities of NC State, so within like the black community or the Latinx community or the Native American community, how um, often we fail to consider issues that are affecting other communities um, and how as uh, the black community in NC State, how we're really great at sometimes sort of great, <laughs> um, at focusing on issues that affect us, but when it's not directly affecting us, how do we respond to those and how do we treat those? And I think that's something that has also been true of Nubian Message as well. Um, I think we've been saying for a little while that we don't want our audience that we're serving to just be black students because there's so many issues on campus and there's so many communities that aren't being reported on and whose concerns may not be... Um, adequately or accurately represented already and I think we've been saying that for a while and the way that we've lived up to that promise for that same amount of time I think has been very much lacking and so this year I hope that that's something we can continue to improve on and I know it's not going to be perfect by any means but that is something we want to improve on and not just um, have such a narrow lens to only focus on issues that may be affecting us personally but issues that affect other communities as well. Yeah and just to go off of that like maybe not maybe uh, making an effort to re to do outreach to those communities that we're like like we're not honestly we're not covering all our bases with like like making sure we have a diverse enough staff to cover those issues because I don't like me personally I don't want I wouldn't want to speak on somebody else's issue like I know it I would prefer like someone of that community to like write about it to catch all the nuances it just makes for a better content better uh content not just for us but for the community to absorb like so I feel like we can definitely do more in outreach and I was critiquing the community and that's out of critique out of love because I feel like as students of color we should definitely come together more often than not when it comes to issues like such as immigration because that affects every everyone across all racial spectrums across the racial spectrum excuse me mm-hmm 
Uh, in the last five years, and this is moving away from Nubian message in general and kind of talking about NC State and your opinions on it. Uh, in the last five years, do you think NC State has moved forward enough in promoting diversity? Uh, obviously, we could always be doing more, but is the university on the right track? What are your opinions on what measures the university has taken? That's a big question. Um, that's a big question. I think when you talk to people in various offices across the university, um, you'll hear that we do a lot more than you might think that we do to promote diversity and recruit um, a good diversity of people in our student population and that there's a lot of programs happening all the time and that there's all these people across campus who really care about making their corners of NC State so much better. Um, <clears throat> but I will also say that as a student, from the student perspective, it definitely seems like this is taking forever and that it seems like sometimes that no one cares and that no one's trying and that we're getting so much worse instead of getting better. Um, and that's a tricky situation to be in, especially um, in our positions with the newspaper, um, remaining unbiased in our reporting and, but also being understandably frustrated as students seeing that change at such a big institution happens so slowly and it takes so much time to get so many people on board and to um, see the impact of all the things that we are intending to do. Um, yeah, Sean, do you have something to say about that? Yeah, I break the question down like in two ways. Like first part on the administration level, I feel like there is an effort. Like I talk to administrators all the time. They're aware there's an issue. So that's comforting in that way that I know that there's people in those positions that care about the issue. But also, I can't look at this. De de was it nine point six decrease? Well, no, I mean nine point like the decrease in black students coming to campus. I can't look at that and be happy about that. Also, as a student, it's easy for us like to talk about the administration what they're not doing. But there's a lot of stuff that we as students are not doing. There's a lot of student leadership here on this campus that's not doing enough, honestly to make this campus more inclusive and welcoming like like i said before going back to my previous point of of like communities not coming together that's on the leadership not just on individuals that's on our campus leaders not doing enough all right i know that is a very broad question thank you guys for taking the time to answer it that could have been broken down perhaps a little bit better but uh your answers were very fascinating um on the next question, uh, what changes would you like to see at NC State in order to, pro to provide more representation for people of color and other minority groups? Uh, how do you think they could be better served? Hmm. Like for me, it starts with student leadership. I would like to see more student leaders of color and like more students of color in leadership positions to be able to like um, create more coalitions that can better be more inclusive to the entire community so i would like to see that like that be a change yeah um i guess in addition to that it would be really 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 great to see both diversity and inclusion equally emphasized at all levels um i think it's a lot easier to focus on one at a time, but in actuality, we need to focus on both at the same time. And 
that's not easy by any means. That doesn't happen overnight at all. And it's a lot of work, uh, a lot of resources that require that uh, are required to make that happen. But it's so important. Um, part of students wanting to come to NC State is knowing that when they get here, they will feel included and that their student experience will be a net positive one instead of being perhaps a more negative one. Um, but also it's hard for people to feel included if they don't see people like them here, which is part of the diversity part. So it's it's definitely a two-headed beast. Um, I like to see both of them tackled at the same time with the same energy at all levels. All right. Um, so this one's another big question. Uh, we've obviously had several incidents relating to growing racial tensions at NC State. Uh, this is touching back on, like we, we, we talked about, uh, Sullivan Squad, the racist group me incident. Uh, a little while ago, situations like that or the uh, spray painting of the Freedom of Expression Tunnel with uh, racial slurs, uh, there have obviously been incidents like this happening on state's campus. Uh, do you think that racial tensions are being uh, adequately like uh, adjusted to by NC State? Like, is NC State doing enough to try to improve student cohesion, to try to keep people from, you know, fighting each other in the student body? How are things inside the student body, I guess, in terms of, of you know, racial climate. What, what are your opinions on that? Are you asking me the temperature of the racial climate or like... Do, do you think the student body is at an elevated state where we have not been quite integrating well enough in terms of, you know, the way the, the, the university is handling these incidents? Um, uh, so I think I'm break that question down like in two parts. So to answer like the first part of like... Is there elevated tension? Yes, because it's not just at NC State. It's like a nationwide thing. Like nationwide racial tension is increasing. And that's due to a number of factors that, like, honestly, I don't want to make this interview too long. But it's, uh, we're definitely feeling the consequences of certain things being done on the administrative level, uh, administrative level <laughs> at the presidency. And so I would say, that yes, and to the answer that question, I feel like NC State could do more to curb certain behaviors. Um, I don't feel like there's a a consequence to doing stuff like that. There's no real reason why somebody, like honestly, if I was a racist person, there's nothing to stop me from doing like stuff like that. There's no real. I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't say punishment, but there's no like way to like address that with that person. Like it's like it's a lot of this stuff is like very over the internet or like with the group me incident or like spray painting the tunnel. You feel like the response to these incidents has been inadequate on behalf of state. E yes, but I don't want to just say that NC State does nothing because of course they try to do stuff. And I, I want to acknowledge that as well because what I'm not saying is like NC State has failed. I just feel like NC State hasn't done enough, which is two different things. I feel like NC State can do more to like to make sure that that type of behavior is known to not be acceptable. That That's what I'm trying to say. That I don't feel like NC State does enough to like to kind of deal with it i feel like that's something that should be addressed a lot more that hey this is not acceptable behavior so that's why i feel like uh to answer the question yeah 
I, th- I think that, that that pretty much answers the question. That was um, that was a hard one to word. Couldn't think of exactly how to ask that one. So I thank you for taking your time with it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I wanted to talk about the recent article that was published by Keila. She had to step out for just a minute. Um, she may be back in just a second. Um, let me ask you the question that I was going to ask after that. Compared to when Nubian Message was founded, uh, how do you think the current state of NC State's, you know, how do you think NC State fares currently in terms of promoting equality, diversity, and racial equity? Uh, are students of color being better provided for and by how much, if so? I would definitely say yeah, uh, yes. Uh, we have I've met so many people, like I said, in positions that care about uh, diversity, and it's very comforting. So I would say that yes, that there is definitely different from back then because I've talked to people who were from that time period back then and they said a lot has changed but more can be done as always more can be done so I feel like NC State is slowly moving towards that towards uh, making this campus way more inclusive way more uh, diverse but I would say that we should never ever feel too comfortable and complacent. We could definitely foundationally change how people of color feel on this campus. Gotcha. And uh, I guess we'll go ahead and start talking about this. Um, a recent article published by Keila in Nubian Message <clears throat> talks about how NC State fell short in a national study by University of Southern California Race and Equity Center in terms of representation equity, but scored well in terms of completion equity and black student to black faculty ratio. Uh, would you all mind sharing your thoughts about this issue and spare a few details on the article itself? In particular, the black student to black faculty ratio uh, I read was somewhat misleading. Uh, is that the case? Yeah. Uh, so part of, um, at the very beginning of the study, the authors spend um, quite a bit of time sort of explaining the rationale behind these various grades and um, also describing perhaps the um, limits of their findings as well. Um, and one thing that they really drove home is that just because you get an A or an B in a certain category does not necessarily mean that you are performing well in that category and they gave various examples and I think NC State is a good example of that um, so if your student popu- your black student population is only about six percent of your total population um, but you have a very great black faculty to black student ratio then that means that your number of black students to black faculty is about even as or not even per se but it's, it's a good ratio. Um, but if you have a low student ratio that you're basing it off of, then I guess sort of um, that also means that you have a bad um, black faculty ratio. So I sort of, um, when I was writing this article, I um, was wondering how many um, black faculty do we have total at NC State? Because the um, uh, that wasn't necessarily clear in the study. And so we looked up the number of black faculty, full-time faculty, um, compared to the total number of full-time faculty. Um, and the percent is only 3.9%. Um, and so when you're comparing 3.9% um, with faculty diversity uh, compared to 6% with student diversity, then it's like, oh, well, great, these numbers are, they correlate very well. And it's like, well, cool, but you're not correlating to a good number. You want to correlate to a better percentage of both black faculty and black students. Um, and so that's how that um, rating could sort of be 
um, misleading. But the completion equity, I'd say that's a pretty fair grade, us getting a B in that area. Um, the completion um, percentage for black students, so in other words, the average percent of black students who graduate within six years um, is fairly on par with the average number of students overall who graduate within that same time. So NC State's doing pretty well in um, keeping students once they're here. It's just they're not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's something we need to improve, like getting students here, like doing outreach and also improving faculty diversity because that's very important in, like, student success and academic success. Like, uh, for me, like, if I see a person of color in my class, a person of color as, like, a faculty member, I might be more engaged in the class as well as more uh, have, like, a better relationship with that professor. Because uh, I noticed, like, even with, like, uh, faculty I haven't taken classes with, like, but who are, like, people of color, I'm still connected with them. Like, because, you know, through my work, through Nubian Message, whatever, people are like, like, hey, uh, Yashan, I read a Nubian Message. And I'm like, oh, hey. Like, and so it's it's very comforting to have, like, a person of color as a faculty member. So that's something we could definitely improve upon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to touch on the representation equity grade for NC State was an F, according to this study. Uh, could you explain what that means? Yeah. Um, so I guess... Something I should have said earlier, too, is that the way that they awarded um, grades in this study was all relative. And so they took a particular metric, so in this case, representation equity, um, and they uh, found the number of, uh, the percentage, rather, of black students at a university compared to the percentage of 18 to 24-year-olds in that state. Um, And if you were um, in the top 20% for those percentages matching, then you got an A. If you were um, in like the second 20%, you got a B and and so on. So it's all relative grading. I should say that too. Um, But what this means is that relative to other universities in um, the United States, all 50 states, um, NC State is sort of sucking (laughs) in this area. We're not doing very good compared to most other universities across the country. and the number of um, black 18 to 24-year-olds in North Carolina um, is around 24-ish percent. Um, and the number of black stu- the percentage of black students at NC State undergraduates um, is only 6%. Um, and so that's a pretty big difference. Um, I will say there are factors that go into that number that um, are not necessarily reflected by the study, um, like North Carolina having one of the strongest community college systems in the United States and also North Carolina having um, like one of the highest number of um, historically black colleges and universities in the United States. So all that contributes to this number, but even still that number is very bad, very bad. Yeah. Cause even all that said, the number has de- been decreasing. It's mm-hmm. not been increasing. Mm-hmm. So, so all told, given your personal observations and experiences with NC State, do you feel that the study's findings are accurate to your own experiences and uh, that this is a reliable indicator of where we're at with NC State? Um, honestly, like, when I read the article, I wasn't surprised by any of the findings, <laughs> especially when, like, the metrics were explained. I was like, yeah, that's not surprising. So it's very uh, accurate to me, to my experience on NC State's campus. Like I have found my pockets of community, but I haven't felt like embraced by the whole NC State community. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, that was a common response um, in conversations with people, but also comments on social media. A lot of people were like, oh, this is not surprising at all. Um, I was sitting in my classes and counting the number of people who looked like me, and it was very low, so I'm not surprised we got an F in this area. Um, I don't don't think anyone was surprised. Um, I think um, some um, university administrators, leaders, um, many of them may have found it startling that it was as bad as it was, but I think even they knew that we weren't performing very well, at least compared to even ourselves in previous years. Yeah, and I don't want, like, any administrators to be apathetic. Like, this is not an indictment. This is just saying do better. So I would like the administration just to do better, maybe form a, like, a strategic plan around, like, equity and diversity, like a stronger strategic plan to get a much more diverse faculty and much more di- That's already on the books, I believe. But, like, just getting, I guess, we need a stronger plan to combat this. Okay. Well, that's about the end of the questions. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you'd personally like to add? Um, links to social media. Where can the people at home find you? Yeah. Um, so we are at Nubian Message on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have a Spotify. We make playlists sometimes. Sean makes playlists sometimes. Um, I mean- our website is www.thenubianmessage.com, um, and we update that fairly regularly. So... Those are the places that people can check us out. All right. Uh, anything else? That all? Uh, of course, read my articles. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys very much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been awesome talking to you. I think that's about going to do it for this week's show. We appreciate you joining us on this beautiful Tuesday evening, assuming that you've been listening to this live. As always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, let us know at publicaffairs at wknc.org. And be sure to check out our blog at wknc-eot.tumblr.com. Our intro music for today's show and every other show was Connie by L1011. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next week, October 9th from 6 to 7 p.m. And again, I'd like to extend another thanks to Keila Davis and Sean Fredericks of Nubian Message for joining us here today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yes, thank you, thank you. Stay tuned for your usual programming of amazing indie music, and we'll see you all again next time.